You're back. That's wonderful. I'm Craig. This is Illuminated Soul. Come here. Quickly. Come here. Come here. Listen, I have a secret weapon I want to hand over to you. It is... Hold on. Someone's coming. Anyway, I ate a potato chip the other day. Yeah. It was. It had no ruffles. No, it was just the basic. But it was turned over, curled upon itself, so it was like extra crunchy. Okay, they're gone. So the secret weapon I find really helpful against the battle of worry, anxiety, rumination. But here's the deal. I have found... Oftentimes, we don't like to use this weapon. It's not in our nature to use this weapon. You ready? The secret weapon is this. Admitting we don't know. <laughs> it's a powerful weapon. Admitting we don't know. In 1 Corinthians thirteen nine, Paul tells us regarding knowledge and preaching that we know in part. The message paraphrase puts it this way. We know only a portion of the truth. And what we say about God is always incomplete. But when the complete arrives, our incompletes will be canceled. Isn't that beautiful? And I would say this incomplete knowledge would be true about all of life. I mean, obviously, we have a particular measure. We're not all knowing. We have a certain degree of knowing. And even when we think we fully know, we still only know in part. We will only fully know when we see Jesus face to face. We read about that in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, where Paul writes, Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now knows me completely. The then, I believe, is when Christ returns. So what about now? Well, right now we have this partial, incomplete, imperfect knowing. And this enigma mixed with our longing, desire, and pursuit to fully know, to solve this riddle, so to speak, can be a recipe for hopefulness with our eyes on God or despair and agitation with our eyes on us. I was chatting about this with a dear friend of mine, Steve Carpenter, brilliant dude. He, uh, he said about this topic, anxiety is often produced from the not knowing and the resulting uncertainty. Oh, isn't that brilliant? And he went on to say, part of the renewing of our minds is dealing with the fleshly habitual ways our minds fight for complete knowing and absolute certainty. And he ended with this. This seems to be a vain grasping rooted in self-preservation, the avoidance of pain, suffering, and death, and even the desire for self-exaltation. Wow. And I would say it's the benefits, quote-unquote, the benefits the serpent told Eve she would experience upon eating the forbidden fruit in Genesis 3, 4, and 5. You will surely not die. God knows that your eyes will be opened as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. It seems in the absence of God, the unrenewed mind will seek to create systems of thought, which are typically fueled by emotions, thus creating cognitive dissonance, a life inconsistent, a life of inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, and attitudes. And one way we can define anxiety uh, is like this, a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. And there it is, the uncertainty. Dr. Judson Brewer states, anxiety comes up when our prefrontal cortexes don't have enough information to accurately predict the future. As it's been said, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And I think, how sweet. 
But here's the deal. If I'm real, I want to know. Actually, I want to hold the future. Can you relate? Let's just be honest. I want to know because I want to know what the future holds with COVID, racial injustice, the election year, school, job, hospital test results, my AC bill, my marriage, my kids' future, my grandkids' future, and their kids' future. We want to know. I want to know. <sighs> but we can't. Hmm. And so anxiety presents itself as we try to take hold of something that is way beyond our reach. It's beyond our capacity. We believe that if we can only know, then everything will be fine. It's an illusion. As Paul said, we only know in part. But boy, we sure go after it. Maybe you don't. I sure do. What do I often do? I press on demanding to know, which is me demanding certainty. And in that demand of certainty, I'm demanding control. There's an illusion there. It's this. If I know, I will be certain. And if I'm certain, I'm in control. What's ironic is that this cycle simply feeds anxiety <laughs> and insecurity. <laughs> Good grief. <clears throat> it just has our attention, you know, this compulsive thing in us to absolutely know. And we become what we pay attention to. What has your focus has you. As Dr. Kurt Thompson says, our attention is deeply associated with either death or life. And anxiety is reinforced and perpetuated when we refuse to give God our attention. We read in Isaiah 26, 3, you, God, will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. The NLT puts it this way, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. So as sons and daughters of God, we get to let go of our paranoid grasp for certainty in all things, the desire for control, and in childlike faith, direct our attention to the God of the universe and all creation and choose to embrace mystery. As David Benner writes, real faith is being rooted in being willing to acknowledge our fundamental inability to know much about ultimate things. Oh, <laughs> he's so smart. <laughs> That's brilliant. I got to read that again. Real faith is being rooted in being willing to acknowledge our fundamental inability to know much about ultimate things. And as my friend Steve Carpenter says, our control efforts reflect our belief system that we are more powerful than we really are. We don't want to face our actual sense of powerlessness. Hmm. So be encouraged. You and I only know in part. I like to say it's important to fully know that we only partly know. <laughs> this kind of knowledge can put anxiety and worry in their proper place. Because if you'll notice, much of our worry and anxiety is rooted in the unknown. It's often rooted in believing our peace will be found only when we know the answer to whatever is seemingly problematic. As someone once said, anybody who really knows also knows they don't know at all. That's a recipe for peace of mind right there. Medieval theology called that docta, uh, docta ignorantia, Latin for learned ignorance. I have to admit, I've experienced much freedom by readily admitting uh, the reality that I don't know much. Not really. <laughs> I have control over very little. Go ahead and admit it. 
You know, I, oftentimes I, I have the privilege of speaking to a lot of people and, and kind of discipling and counseling uh, some folks, and they'll ask my opinion about something. And oftentimes my first answer is, I don't know. <laughs> and then I'll go on from there. And then I'll say, you know, I have some ideas, but I, I've, I've experienced such peace of mind by just freely admitting, I don't know. I don't know. But then let's go on this tre- treasure hunt together, you know. In admitting this before uh, the God who knows all, we can actually become comfortable and even happy with paradox and mystery. Right? Here's where we get a little more practical here. There's a daily knowing to be found in daily stillness. I mentioned this last week, and I'm camping out on it again right now. Psalm 4610. Here we go. Be still and know that I am God. Let's just admit it. We're not that good at being still. Mentally, physically. In being still before God, all the clamoring to know begins to slow down and taper off. And that thing you think you must know, that you need to know or else, that thing gives way to the only thing your soul really wants to know, no matter what. God, and that God is God. He's not anxious. He knows all. It's nice to know the one who knows all, isn't it? And deep down inside, that's all we want. We just want to know God. We have him and we, we want him. We know about him and yet we're continually needing and longing to know more about him and his ways. So, getting very practical. Next time you feel overwhelmed with anxiety or worry, you find yourself ruminating. Take a moment and ask yourself, am I feeling this because I want to know something that I cannot know right now? Am I feeling like this because I want to know something that I just can't know right now? And if the answer is yes, then simply take that to God in prayer and embrace the mystery. Make Psalm 4610, a prayer to your very own anxious and worried soul. And it could sound something like this. So I'm going to pray for you and me. Okay. We'll end with this. Actually, just think about something. Let's just be real with what we feel. I'm thinking of some certain things that I honestly have been worried about, thinking about. I'm holding them in my mind right now and you hold... Hold yours in your mind right now. Maybe it's family, maybe it's employment, finances, health, whatever it is. Now we can just admit and noticed I, I breathed. <laughs> always, always breathe first. Just in, in through the nose for four seconds, out through the mouth. Just nice big breath. And then we can pray. Father, we are overwhelmed right now worried, anxious. And it's because we don't know. We don't know what's going on. We want to know, but we can't. At least not by our own strength and resolve. We want the answer, God. But it seems that we don't see it. And we admit that our struggle to know is only increasing our worry and anxiety. So we let go and we embrace the mystery Father God, we embrace you. And right now we speak to our souls, our minds, wills, and emotions. Hey soul, be still and know that God is God. Be silent and see that God is God. 
see that God knows. And we embrace the mystery of not knowing. We hold on to God who knows all. And we find peace in knowing this. Amen. Amen.